Hey beautiful soul, this is the Menopause Coach Podcast with me, your host, Adele Johnston. I'm helping you create a vibrant life of joy and happiness without your menopause stealing your personal power and sass. Together, we're making menopause mainstream. We don't need to wipe with force. We don't need to push onto that and and really wipe with force. We just need to give it a little bit of a dab down. And that has been a godsend for me personally when things were at its worst. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Menopause Coach Podcast, the podcast that explores health and wellness topics to help you live your best menopause life. Whatever stage in this journey you're in right now, maybe you're here to get ahead of the knowledge and feel empowered and prepared for the time when your own menopause arrives. Or maybe you're here for years down the line of being already inside your menopause journey but wanting more for yourself. I hear you, I see you and I salute you. Or maybe you're just here for someone else, someone that you love dearly and you want to make sure that you're up to speed with all things menopause to support them better. I again hear you, see you and salute you all. So whatever you're here for, tune in get comfortable. We are going inside the world of UTIs today. I am your host Adele Johnston as always the menopause coach and covering this topic today, one that affects many women during menopause, urinary tract infections or UTIs for short. Now whilst UTIs are common and very very commonly experienced in women, around 40 to 60% in fact will develop at least one UTI infection or experience in their lifetime, so becoming a lot more prevalent and challenging during menopause. And I want to bring this to our table of discussion today. I want to hear from you. Are you one of those ladies or someone who knows someone who has been experiencing UTIs a lot of their lifetime? This episode might just unlock a lot of unknown for you. So here we go. We'll be discussing the symptoms and we'll be discussing why this happens with some top tips for prevention and treatment. So understanding UTIs in menopause, we want to start with a bit of the knowledge, right? We want to get in here and understand why UTIs become more common during menopause. Well, menopause brings about a lot of hormonal changes, as we know, specifically a decrease in estrogen levels, as we know. And this hormonal shift can impact the urinary tract and the pelvic floor muscles together. Okay, this is important. Making many more women susceptible to urinary tract infections or UTIs for short. Now, these infections in women are one of the most prevalent infections occurring at many different stages of life, not just during menopause, but can happen in young girls and, you know, doesn't age discriminate, shows up when it wants. And women are much more prone to these UTIs than men, mainly due to the female lower urinary tract anatomy. Okay, so when we talk about that, I'm going to explain what that is. But it's basically when we think about the proximity to our reproductive organs and where our urinary tract anatomy lies, the female urethra, so this is the tube we pee from, if we think of it that way. I like to simplify for my brain, so bear with. So yes, the female urethra, which is the tube that we pee from when we go to the bathroom, is relatively short 
and in that being important is because when the reducing of the distance is there, so this tiny little tube, the distance for any type of bacteria coming into that area is literally just, you know, it doesn't have far to go and far to travel to get to where it wants to be. So we are a bit more susceptible to bacteria coming into the the urethra area, this tube. It opens into the vulval vestibule, an area that is also quite prone to infections, and it gives a lot more prevalence to vulval vestibulitis, which is a pain, not just a pain in the butt, but well, not just in the butt really, is it? It's not in the butt. It's a pain. It's an irritation. It's itching. It's soreness. It's swelling. It's burning. It's uncomfortable. And we can also experience vaginitis. So when we think about these two, these vulval vestibulitis and this irritation of vaginitis, which again is inflammation, if we think of it that way, we are experiencing bacterial growth, which is causing inflammation, causing pain, causing irritation, burning sensations, not joyful to say the least. Now, these symptoms of UTIs can be quite vast. And I think if we look at what the really key ones are, many of you listening to this right now will be super familiar with what these are. And I'm sure you will have at least experienced a few of these in your time and probably went to drinking lots of cranberry juice to help yourself alleviate them, because that's what we were always told to do, right, as teenagers. So some of the symptoms to be aware of, just for your knowledge and noting, is a lot more of an urgency or a frequency of urination. So needing to run to the bathroom more, that persistent urge, that heaviness, that feeling that we think, oh, I'm going to to pee myself, I need to go. We might get some pain or discomfort during urination. So whilst we're having a wee, we might find that it's a little bit sore, uncomfortable, burning at times as well. We may find that our urine in the toilet is cloudy or has a very strong smell. That's another thing. But dehydration can also bring those as a symptom. Um, But dehydration will not bring you the burning sensation. So that's one to note. And we might experience lower abdominal pain. So again, in that area, in that region around the kind of womb area, we might find that we've got lower abdominal pain. And you might just experience a little bit more confusion or exasperated brain fog. So if you are feeling a little bit more, let's just say discombobulated, I love this word, a little discombobulated in yourself, a bit confused, a little bit more of an expression of brain fog, um, you are already experiencing that increased frequency of needing to go to the bathroom. You may have pressure into the bladder area in the lower abdomen and just not feeling great. It could be signs and symptoms of a UTI. Some further experiences that we can have during a diagnosis of a UTI might be that if you have signs of a high temperature or a u- unusually low temperature for some women, it's not always that we will run a temperature, but we may find that we're a lot colder than we normally are. So if you're experiencing any of these symptoms mentioned, it is essential that you do consult with a healthcare provider for proper diagnoses and treatment. This is important. We cannot leave UTIs undiagnosed and untreated. So why might this happen? Well, if you're here and you're saying, Adele, I have them more than I don't. And, you know, this is this is not something you just have to accept and live through. 
I want to make this easier for you and hopefully get you to a point where you're having less of them if we can't stop them altogether. That would be the goal. So a lack of estrogen in perimenopause and menopause can make the lining of your urinary tract more susceptible to harmful bacteria as we have covered. There's less of the good bacteria to fight off an infection once estrogen or estradiol in particular start to decline during your perimenopause and into postmenopause. Now this bacteria can arrive in many different ways but mainly from your waste product entering into your urinary tract. And I know you might be thinking, holy hell, how does that even happen? How is that a thing? Well, if we think about another commonly pronounced form of this, cystitis, this is one cystitis that many women will be diagnosed with or face, for example, is often a result of E. coli, don't panic, you've not done anything wrong, which is found in your lower and your bowel area naturally. Okay, so in the lower region, in the bowel, we naturally find this bacteria, this E. coli bacteria. But please don't panic, okay? It's normal. It can be on the skin around your anus and around the vagina at times. And because your urethra, the tube part that you pee from, connected into the vagina, into well, not into the vagina, but into the vulva area and helping you to urinate, it's the inside part, not the outside part. Just remember this, okay? That's basically connected into an area where all this bacteria is living, where we're then disposing of our waste product from the anus. Again, these areas are very closely linked together. They're very close in proximity. So when you are going for a poo and these areas are close together, the bacteria can enter your urinary tract quite easily and cause an infection. So again, it's not that you have done anything wrong. It's just one of these things that can happen And this is why good wiping hygiene is always advised in us women to avoid unwanted contamination from making sure that we wipe front to back, not back to front. Okay, always, always, always going in with your hands at the front, wiping from the vulva and the vaginal areas and openings. So where the urethra is, where we pee from to the vagina opening, we want to wipe from there backwards, not from the anus into the vagina opening. That's going to help massively. Okay, you may also experience some thinning and soreness of the tissue around your urethra, your vulva and your vagina, which can make wiping painful. So not being as focused on your wiping technique may also bring about challenges. So if things are feeling tender, sore, burning, you know, it's like even the softest of softest aloe vera based toilet tissue can feel like sandpaper. Oh, been there is hellish really, really bad. But noting on this, avoiding using any wet wipes or feminine hygiene wipes. We don't want to add them into the mix here, ladies. If you're struggling with your hygiene routine because of soreness, swelling, you know, itching, burning, dryness, and you want assistance, from not needing to use toilet roll, then the easiest thing that I have personally found is taking some of the toilet tissue, wetting it, Yeah, just running it under some water or or dampening it down just with plain water from my good Scottish tap. And this has been massively advantageous for me when things have felt very sore, swollen, stingy. 
and just being gentle. Yeah, we don't need to wipe with force. We don't need to push onto that and, and really wipe with force. We just need to give it a little bit of a dab down. And that has been a godsend for me personally when things were at its worst. So hopefully this gives you a little insight into why this may occur. And again, just check in with yourself. Has anything I've mentioned here triggered something for you to think, oh yeah, maybe I've not been the best with my hygiene and it's not shaming you. We will always adapt our ways and methods of everything, including hygiene with our body at times where things feel painful or sore. Now let's talk about some of the practical tips to help prevent UTIs during menopause, where we can, of course, it's not always certain, contract, well, not even contract, but get, yeah, get a UTI and we want to make sure that we can prevent them where possible. So I want to give you six tips. And these six tips are evidence-based. These six tips are proper tips. They're not just ideas or suggestions. So top tip number one, hydration. Okay, staying hydrated is far more advantageous for you than you realise. Making sure that you're drinking plenty of water throughout the day, not just in the morning and at night when you remember, throughout the day. And not even just needing water. All fluids count. Hydration being key to flushing out the bacteria from your urinary tract. So making sure that you are weeing more often. Yeah, wee it to free it is what I say. And I encourage my one-to-one clients to be drinking around two to three litres of fluids daily and having a really easy way of encouraging it through getting yourself a bottle that you can take with you and easily fit into your bag or car cup holder. Okay, none of these massive big gallon drum things that are so highly impractical unless you are staying in the house and using it around there. But even, you know, personally, I resist lifting those things because they just look monstrous. So having something that is easy for you to really grab and go and you refill. You don't just need to fill it once and leave it there for the day. You get to refill. Number two, maintain good genital hygiene. Okay, always wipe from front to back after going to the loo. And this will prevent the spread of any bacteria present from the anal area to the urethra. Okay, this one I hope is common knowledge. Top tip number three, urinate regularly. We want to pee. We don't want to hold it in all day. Okay, so do not hold your urine in for extended periods of the day. We want to get that out, reminding ourselves that when we wee, we free. So free the bacteria, get rid of it. Make sure to empty your bladder regularly to reduce the risk of that bacterial growth. And if anything, I have the opposite issue since perimenopause came to my party of life and I need to go all the time. So if you are like me and you are a frequent weir, it does get in the way of life sometimes, right? I can literally have a drink in a restaurant and within 10 minutes of us leaving the restaurant, even though before we leave the restaurant, I go to the bathroom and have a pee, a big pee, within 10 minutes of leaving, I am like the bladder of a toddler and desperate to go again. So knowing your needs is key. If you are someone who will need to urinate very frequently, then making sure that you can do that and not being afraid to drink fluids because you are a frequent peer. Top tip number four, consider taking HRT. Now, this might be a bit controversial for many women listening to this that think, oh, here we go again, another one saying HRT. 
But we need to consider it because if we are replacing the lost estradiol levels in the body, that estrogen is then being replaced. If we're replacing it, we are supporting what has been lost, which is exasperating the cause and effect. Or at least consider vaginal estrogen. If you're not someone who can replace through hormone replacement therapy, I see you, I understand, then think about at least vaginal estrogen, which is not HRT. It is not systemic. It does not pass through the body. It is localized into the area. And this can be prescribed as a cream, a pessary, or even a flexible ring that sits inside the vagina for around 90 days and then is replaced. Nice, easy, painless. Top tip number five, use a plain, gentle, non-perfumed wash. Yeah, we don't even need to use anything down in our vulva and vaginal areas. The vagina is self-cleaning. I have an episode on this that we can link in the show notes if you want to go into a bit more detail on how to wash effectively in your vaginal area. And I was delighted to be able to use this as a discussion with sex expert and nurse Sam Evans from Joe Devine. And we talked detailed about what products are supportive, what we should and shouldn't do for vaginal washing. So I will link that episode in the show notes for you to go and listen to. But what's important with all of this is the vagina is self-cleaning. We do not need to be putting anything up there and we do certainly not be needing any soaps for that area. So as a rule of thumb, ladies, please do not be applying soaps to your vulva or vagina. It is beautifully fresh. You are you don't need to panic. Let just plain water from your shower or bath do the job and let your body do its job for itself. Okay, so avoiding using anything that's perfumed. Again, avoiding bubble baths. I know, I hear you. I love a bubble bath, but we have to do it more infrequently. You can replace those bubbles with some nice salts or oils that are conducive to supporting your vulva and vaginal health. And certainly avoiding things like feminine wipes and any products that you would put into the vulva or vaginal area. These can certainly cause irritation and not be supportive towards preventing any UTIs. And then finally, top tip number six in this sixth tip process is try to go for a wee after sex. Now this one you might be thinking, really? Like I like to snuggle. I like to stay in bed and snuggle after sex. But if you can try and go for a wee directly after, you're going to help flush away any bacteria and this can be extremely effective. Okay, so just bearing that one in mind, keeping that one in your toolbox, You might want to also consider avoiding using condoms or diaphragms with spermicidal lube. Okay, the spermicide in the lube can cause an increase in chances of UTIs in many women. So again, we want to just be aware of this. If you're someone who is sitting here right now going, oh my gosh, that is why, then you're not the only one. Yeah, I used to have very common UTIs after the use of condoms, which is why I stopped using them. Being with my husband, we then looked for alternative contraceptive methods. And I actually, this will make you laugh and he won't mind me sharing this. I actually, before I started to have, um, well, I suppose, yeah, we would class it as unprotected sex from an STI perspective or STD. I actually got him to go to the hospital and have a full checkup. Yeah, check me. Like, I am sorry, but I respect myself, my body and my health far too much to be with a partner who can't prove to me that they are 
clear of any of these infections or diseases. So yeah, I asked him to go and get everything checked. He did. He asked me to go with him. I did. And when we got the results, it was like, great, we can stop using condoms now because everything's fine and healthy. I did the same. Yes, yes, yes. I went and got checked as well. And I just think that that's such a really respectful thing to do for our own bodies, but also for each other. I wasn't just taking his word for it. I had to be safe. And that's important. So again, encouraging that, that if you are going to choose to stop using contraceptive barrier methods like condoms, then maybe speaking to your partner about the fact that you both might want to go get checked first. So yeah, and obviously once you stop using things like condoms, you don't then have the contraceptive protection. So thinking about what your alternative route or method would be. So just the base on that one, six top tips for you that may help with lowering your chances of contracting a UTI. Now, if you do find yourself dealing with a UTI during your menopause, here are some suggested tips for treatments. The first thing that I would always encourage that you do is to seek some medical attention. Okay, it's crucial to consult with a healthcare provider, your GP, a pharmacist, someone that can give you some direction and a proper diagnosis or diagnosis. I always say that you may have picked me up on this. So my pronunciation of some words, and it might just be my Scottish accent, but I will say diagnosis. And (laughs) many people say, Adele, it's diagnosis. And I'm like, I know that's how it's spelled, but the way I say it is a little bit different. So non-apologetic for that, but just, yeah, picking myself up on it. How funny is that? Tomato, tomato. And we want to think about um, some support methods in that. You might need a prescription of antibiotics if it has got quite severe. And remembering that because everything is beautifully connected in the body, that if you do develop a UTI, it is important to get treatment for that because we don't want it to go into a bladder infection. If you start peeing blood, we have a bigger problem. Now, there is a product out there, and I'm not affiliated with this company, that supports home testing for yourself and comes in really handy in this postcard-sized packet with two UTI test kits inside. They are literally just a pee on a stick job. And it comes with an app that you can then scan the QR code and get a bit more clarity around whether or not you do have a UTI. Now, this can be really beneficial, especially for elderly people, really busy people, people in general, to save a trip to the GP. Yeah, not only does it support not taking an appointment to go and try to pee inside a tiny tube, inevitably getting it all over our hands for the GP to do the test. We can do that ourselves at home. They're relatively inexpensive. I think the last time I checked, they were around about £10, Great British pounds, for two tests that come out into the post for you. I think they're available online mostly. Um, I believe that they are across all pretty much major um, online pharmacy routes like Boots and, and Superdrug in the UK. I believe they might have even been on Amazon. So again, other providers are available, not affiliated, but go check them out. Have a little look. They are called Test Card. So if you type in Test Card UTI, you will get all the information you need on these little bad boys. But again, something that you may, if you are someone that experiences urinary tract infections, want to just have in your toolbox for if and when you want to run your own sample at home and check to see if you currently have any type of UTI or cystitis and infection along that line. So 
Again, compatible with most mobile phone devices. Just double check that you can get the app before you go ahead and order the test kit because without the app, they are not effective. Okay, number two, pain relief. Again, let's not be martyrs. Over-the-counter pain relief, such as ibuprofen or paracetamol, can help to alleviate any discomfort and reduce inflammation. So again, ibuprofen, great for reducing inflammation. We don't just want to grit and bear, yeah? We want to be able to support the body through some pain relief if it's got quite bad. We might want to try some heat therapy. For some women, they suggest that applying heat to the lower abdomen area can help to provide relief from the pain and any muscle discomfort that the body is maybe going into spasm around. And then, you know, one of my favourites around this, when I was thinking about, well, how do we how do we show up for ourselves if we are experiencing this in a UTI episode? Rest and hydration would be my primary. When we think about this, we want to allow the body to rest. We want to continue to stay well hydrated so that we are helping to flush out the bacteria and knowing that rest gives our immune system energy, okay, that it needs to combat and to get through the infection. So we want to make sure that we are truly, truly showing up for our body and helping it to really overcome the infection itself. And it's easy to think that we just get to go about our normal day to day when we are fighting a UTI, but it is a bacterial infection nonetheless. The body is working hard inside and because we don't see it like an external wound, we can sometimes forget that we may be a little bit lacking in energy whilst the body is using energy to fight the infection. So please do remember that if you're experiencing symptoms or you have any concerns about your health, it's always best to consult with your healthcare professional or someone in the know. And as always, with anything that's shared on here, it is there as your power. It's there to bring you a bit of a light bulb moment, a bit of a support, and also to offer you the ongoing support if you need it. So you can reach out to us. The email address is in the show notes. You can reach the team on support at adelejohnstoncoaching.com. We are here to provide guidance and support to you when and where you need it. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, please do subscribe. Okay, this is the only one thing I will ever ask of you. These episodes are brought to you with love. They are brought to you with vibrancy, with knowledge and empowerment. And the only thing that my team and I ask or that I ask of you is to hit that subscribe button. And if you feel like it, go an extra mile and leave us a review. With every single subscribe and review that we receive, it helps the podcast to grow. With anything in this world, we work hard to bring you these episodes. And if you can hit that subscribe button, it just helps the algorithm within the podcast industry to say, actually, this is a podcast that's enjoyed. Let's help to shade it a bit further and wider. And we need more people to be more aware of the Menopause Coach podcast so they get the help, the knowledge and the support that they deserve and need. So go ahead and hit that button if you haven't already, leave a review and share it with someone who might find this information helpful. Until next week, enjoy. We are coming up to a beautiful festive period and time. I send you so much love and abundance as you go into this festive period with whatever you have planned. Sending love. I truly hope this episode has sparked something vibrant inside of you. I ask only one thing. To help keep these episodes coming, please subscribe and share with another in your life. That's how we reach more women worldwide. 
and we help them step into their power. Because together, we are working to remove any of the stigma and taboo that surrounds menopause. This does not need to be a daunting, a scary, a taboo time in anyone's life. So together, let's make menopause mainstream.